Welcome to the audio podcast of Abide in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Each week, Pastor Mark offers devotional thoughts from a passage in our current book of the month. For more information on how to abide in the Word with us, navigate your web browser to abide.info. Welcome to Dwell in the Word. We find ourselves here on Monday, May 2nd, which means we also find ourselves in lifting up our hearts. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, that since at the coming of Christ your Son, you did really perform what your servants the prophets had previously so much foretold, and since you daily invite us to the unity of faith that with united efforts we may truly serve you, grant that we may not continue torn asunder, everyone pursuing his own perverse inclinations at a time when Christ is gathering us to you. Nor let us only profess with the mouth and in words that we are under your government, but prove that we thus feel in real sincerity. And may we then add to the true and lawful worship of your name, brotherly love toward one another, that with united efforts we may promote each other's good, and that our adoption may thus be proved and be more and more confirmed that we may ever be able with full confidence to call on you as our Father, through Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 today. We're going to read from verse 1 through verse 15. Hear the word. Of the Lord. I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me. For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I am afraid that as the servant deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, Or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Indeed, I consider that I am not in the least inferior to these super apostles. Even if I am unskilled in speaking, I am not so in knowledge. Indeed, in every way we have made this plain to you in all things. Or did I commit a sin in humbling myself so that you might be exalted, because I preached God's gospel to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by accepting support from them in order to serve you. And when I was with you and was in need, I did not burden anyone, for the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my need. So I refrained and will refrain from burdening you in any way, as the truth of Christ is in me. This boasting of mine will not be silenced in the regions of Achaia. And why? Because I do not love you? God knows I do. And what I am doing I will continue to do, in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission they work on the same terms as we do. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. As we start off here in 2 Corinthians 11, things are starting to get a little bit spicy. Uh, Paul starts off here, I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness, do bear with me. Uh, He's using some of his intellectual skill here. Uh, He is trying to set himself up against these super apostles. Now, that is not a good term. Um, Paul is using the term super apostles to sort of make fun of them. Like, ooh, you're super apostles. You're better than the other apostles because you've had this revelation or you've had these experiences. You're better than Paul. You you speak better. You look better. That's the kind of um, sort of sarcasm that he is using here. And 
This is concerning to Paul because we see these people uh, following after these super apostles. And Paul says some stuff here that that is pretty convicting, right? For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Basically, Paul is saying, hey, if somebody comes and says terrible things, or incorrect things, I guess you could say, about Christ and about the apostles, you put up with it enough. You you don't stick up for sound doctrine. Uh, you don't seem to be able to discern. You you're just don't do well when false teaching comes to town. And this is where Paul brings up the term super apostles in verse 5. Indeed, I consider that I am not in the least inferior to these super apostles. And in other words, he's saying, you know, they're talking some smack about me saying that I'm not a very good speaker. You know, we've seen that earlier on in 2 Corinthians here. But no, I'm not inferior to these guys. And then he he realizes what they've been saying about him, even if I am unskilled in speaking. Uh, you know, who knows why Paul was unskilled with speaking? Maybe he was just boring. Uh, maybe he wrote everything out and just read it very uh, in a very rote way. Uh, maybe he had a stutter. Uh, who knows? Maybe it was related to uh, what we think are his vision problems. Maybe he had to write in large letters for his notes and and he couldn't read them very well. Who, who knows what was going on? But Paul says, hey, even if I am unskilled in speaking, hey, in knowledge, I am not unskilled. In, in other words, he's saying, Look, let's let's have a debate. Let's let's go to the scriptures. Let's go to what let's put what they say versus what I say. Uh let's put that up instead of a physical appearance or speaking ability. In fact, Paul says, indeed, in every way we have made this plain to you in all things. Paul is making sure that they understand that he is teaching from a place of authority, that he is an apostle, and that he is filled with knowledge, that he goes back. To the scriptures. And so Paul is making his case for being a true apostle against these super apostles. Now we're going to see coming up uh, how Paul continues to defend himself. And we're also going to get an idea of some of the claims that these super apostles are making. But the disturbing thing here is that is that they're they're following them. They are being drug along by these people who are giving them another gospel. Think Think back to what Paul has to say about other Gospels in the book of Galatians, right? He says there isn't one, that even if an angel from heaven were to come and, and preach another Gospel, let them be accursed. If Paul himself would preach another Gospel, he says, let me be accursed, right? And so they're following after this. And so you can understand why Paul is so concerned with what's happening in Corinth. They're going after another Jesus, another Gospel, and, and they're just putting up with it. They're not able to discern truth from error. This is really, really important for Paul. He does not want them to be led astray. And so Paul doesn't pull any punches as we come to the end of what we read today here, does he? I mean, he just lays it out there. Verse, starting with verse 13, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. He is calling them what they are. By their giving a false gospel, they are false apostles. The, the connection 
to the actual true message of Christ and him crucified, the actual biblical gospel is the way by which we can tell whether or not people are preaching the truth. Are they preaching Christ and him crucified? Are they preaching uh, the work of God as opposed to the work of men? Then we can know that they are preaching a true gospel. But but Paul's making sure that they understand this isn't what they're doing. So they are false apostles. And then he takes it even further. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Look, I mean, think about the ramifications of what he's what he's saying about them here, right? This is pretty intense. And so here we see. So there is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, their end will correspond to their deeds. In other words, he's saying Satan will disguise himself as an angel of light. His servants will disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, like these these super apostles are. You know what? Their end is going to correspond to their deeds. In other words, they will get what they have come to them for proclaiming a false gospel. Now, as we think about what this means for us, I think it's important that we make sure that we understand what the true gospel is, because we don't want to be those who accept a different gospel and put up with it readily enough. Are we able to discern truth from error? That is vital. And how do we do that? We do that by knowing the gospel, by knowing God's word, by hearing it, and by studying it. So may we be a people who are desiring to be discerning, that we can hear error when it comes to our ears so that we might be able to be able to divide the word of truth correctly, that we might be able to know when someone is a false teacher. So let us get into God's word. Let us know it that we might be able to discern well. Let's close with prayer. Gracious God, we ask that you would bless us with the gift of discernment. Grant that we would know the truth of who you are, that we might be able to rightly divide truth from error. Bless us with the wisdom to see that even the servants of Satan disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. May we rightly seek after you and follow you alone. On this Monday, we lift up to you all that proclaim your gospel. We lift up pastors and teachers, missionaries and evangelists. We pray for elders and deacons serving you in your church. Grant to them strength and perseverance, and we ask that you would give them a deeper understanding of your word, that we may be blessed with greater discernment to do your will and serve you in your world. And we humbly put our trust in you, and we know that you are the God who works all things together for good for those who love you. Help us to trust in your sovereign hand and your spirit's work in our lives. It is through Christ our Lord that we pray. Amen. Okay, we are through verse 15 of chapter 11. We will see you on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to this week's Abide in the Word. You can find the video of each episode at our YouTube channel or Facebook page. For more information on First Reformed Church, check out our website, edgertonfrc.org.